Shalom and greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. The website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, like most weeks, we're wanting to start our week with some wisdom, some encouragement. We're going to be looking at Psalms 110 and 111 today, along with the uh, along with 1 John chapter 3. Now, Psalm 110 is actually only seven verses, but it's one of those very prophetic psalms about Messiah. And so we're going to kind of go through it, but we're also going to hit on some passages that it connects to, that it prophesied about, that we see developing in the Gospels and uh, the book of Hebrews and things like that. So we're going to be looking a little bit at that today. Uh, Then we're going to read Psalm 111, and then we're going to read John, um, 1 John chapter 3, which is really the ultimate chapter uh, that John writes when it comes to dealing with your actions matter. And uh, he's, he makes that very, very, very clear that what you do uh, demonstrates what you believe, like what, a, what I often try to preach on these podcast episodes. So that is kind of what is on the agenda for this morning. Uh, it's going to be a shorter podcast, and uh, but I think it'll be a blessing to you nonetheless, and hopefully it'll help you start your week uh, on the right path. So let's go ahead and start by looking at Psalm 110, seven verses. I'm going to read it through, and then we'll look at some of the connecting verses. So let's begin. King James Bible, Psalm 110, verse 1, a psalm of David. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies a footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thy enemies. The people shall be willing in the day of thy power and the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up the head. And so that is Psalm 110. It's prophetic about Messiah. And uh, one of the things that you see right away is the very first verse says, The Lord, which is Jehovah, right, uh, in the Hebrew, said unto my Lord, which is Adonai, Thou shalt sit at my right hand until I make thy enemies the footstool. And then this is one of those verses that Jesus uses uses to kind of confound the Pharisees who thought they were all wise, right? We see it in Matthew chapter 22. Jesus saying this, verse starting with verse 42, says, Saying, What think you of the Christ? Whose son is he? And they say unto him, The son of David. He saith unto them, How then doth David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies a footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? 
And no man was able to answer him a word, neither does any man from the day forth ask him any more questions. You see, the Pharisees didn't understand. They didn't understand that this, this son of David, the Mashiach, would be a descendant of David, but he was still David's Lord, right? And then God the Father, Jehovah, Yeho- says unto my Lord, David's Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies a footstool. Of course, that just confounded the Pharisees. They had no answer for that. Verse 2 says, The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion and rule in the midst of thy enemies. So now it's it's talking prophetically about how he will rule, right? The people shall be willing in the day of power and the beauties of holiness. From the womb of the morning thou hast drew thy youth. Then we have this other very important doctrinal piece. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. You see, we no longer have the Levitical priesthood. Our high priest is Jesus, and he's the high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. We see that explained um, in Hebrews chapter 7. So let's just take a minute and go read Hebrews chapter 7 real quick. Like, Well, at least the, the, at least the very first few bit, uh, verses here. So in Hebrews chapter 7, he says this, the writer says this, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now, consider how great this man was, and to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of his spoils. And verily they that are the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that he had the promise. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there they receive them, or whom it is witnessed that he liveth. And as I may say, Levi also who receiveth tithes paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood is being changed. There is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he whom these things spoken pertaineth to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And yet furthermore evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, are there arises another priest, who is made not after the law of carnal commandment, but after the power of endless life. 
For he testifieth, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so the, the writer of Hebrews just continues to go in uh, more detail about that, making it understood that Jesus was that is that priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then let's continue on with our psalm again, last three verses. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. I'm reminded of Revelation 6, right? It says, The rich kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? Something interesting about that, just that I'll point out, is the people who are hiding and begging for the rocks to fall on them, they know who is causing all this turmoil on them, right? They say, hide us from him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come. They know full well whose judgment is, is coming upon their heads. And then verse 6 here in the psalm, he shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with dead bodies, and he shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way, and therefore he shall lift up the head. So there is, quickly, Psalm 110. And actually, we're going to stop there with the psalm. We're not going to read 111. We'll save that for next week. But we will go ahead and move on to First John and take a look at chapter 3. Verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew not him. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. John's just making the obvious point, hey, we don't have a complete understanding of what we're going to be, you know, when we're given new bodies. We just know that we will, that when he appears, we shall see him as he is. Verse 3, And every man that hath this hope in him, purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And then he gets into your actions matter. Your actions demonstrate what you believe. Verse 4, Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not, Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither know him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. John's saying, don't be fooled. Okay? Don't be mistaken. Man, this is a word for this generation. This generation of believers. Listen to what he says, little children. Let no one deceive you. 
He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Verse 8, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Alright, let's hold on a second, because last chapter that we read last week, John says... I tell you all this, that you sin not, but if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father, right? So how can John say that on one hand, and then on the other hand say that you won't sin? John is talking about abiding in Christ. And the Apostle Paul deals with this issue when he talks about how he says, basically, I, I don't do, the, I, the thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing I hate, I do. And Paul talks about this battle between the spirit man, which has been redeemed and, in, and in who is, is new in Christ, and then the flesh man, right? And how the flesh, and Paul even goes on to say, you know, when I do sin, it's not me that sinneth anymore, but it's the flesh, right? We're not going to get into a big old thing of doctrine trying to break all this down right now. The point I want to make to you is that there's this sense in which you, you abide in Christ and you're trusting in His righteousness and you're covered by His righteousness and, and that is your salvation. But then you have this other struggle going on with your flesh and John's saying, I tell you all this so you don't sin, but if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father. Right? You've heard the hymn, my faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. It's not, all, it's not within ourselves. But the other point that John is making is don't be so foolish as to think you can just go live any old way that you want. Right? Don't buy into the lies that, hey, if it feels good, do it. He's saying righteous people do righteousness. Right? Like those who are abiding in Christ, they, they live that out. So don't be deceived. Don't make any mistakes about it. Those who do righteousness are righteous. And then he's going to finish the rest of this chapter talking about the love of the brethren and how you cannot say that you are a follower of Messiah, that you are a Christian, and then you hate your fellow brother or sister in the faith. Or that you see your brother in the faith in need and you don't help him at all? Like, again, your fruits demonstrate what you believe, right? A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Let's have a look. Verse 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. He's talking about the brethren here. Not as Cain, who was that of the wicked one, and slew his brother and... And wherefore he slew him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteousness. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth his brother abideth. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth 
hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world, whoso, but whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Let's stop for a second. He's saying, he's saying in plain English, who can see their brother in need, and then turn a blind eye to it and not care? How could that person possibly have the love of God in him? That's what John's getting at. Verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. He's saying, don't talk about it, be about it, right? Don't say, yeah, I love the brethren or, um, you know, the love of Christ is in me. Demonstrate it by what you do. Verse 19, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that we abideth in us by the Spirit which he has given us. Let's read that last part again. Right? John says, you know, whatever we ask we'll receive of him because we keep his commandments. And then he's going to tell us what the commandment is. And this is the commandment. This is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now, Jesus told us that, the, you know, when he was asked what are the greatest commandments, he says, love your God, right, with your whole heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor also. On these two, all the commandments hang, right? I'm paraphrasing. And it's really that simple. You know, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to steal from him. You're not going to murder him. You're not going to bear false witness against him. You're not going to covet his wife or his things, right? It's, it really all hinges on those two commandments. And so John is saying, believe on the name of Jesus and love one another as he gave us commandment. You cannot call yourself a Christian and see your fellow brother in Christ in need and ignore it. Make no mistake. Do not be deceived, little children, he says. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Your actions matter, friends. They demonstrate what you truly believe. John says, if, if you see your brother in need and you just turn a blind eye and you have no compassion, how could you claim that the Spirit of God is in you? Those two things are, they, they don't mix. 
They're contrary to one another. He's saying, how can you be a Christian? How can you be abiding in Christ and then hate your brother? He says, don't you know that hate is the same as murder? And no murderer is going to inherit the kingdom. We need to examine our own hearts. What does Paul say? Examine your faith with fear and trembling. Let's just look it up. What does he say? It's in Philippians chapter 2. He says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You need to be paying attention, looking, examining yourself. Examining yourself. I mean, again, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul says, Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves and how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Don't be deceived, little children. He who does righteousness is righteous. I hope you've been blessed this morning, and uh, I hope that you've received some wisdom and some encouragement to help start your week. Thank you for tuning in. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.